0: Two guys, two topics, two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280
1: The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. I'd say Utah, I've gone 0-3 against them, and I'm really looking forward to playing them my my senior year. And, yeah, I just want to come out on top and and show those guys what we're really made of. Beating Utah, I mean, I'm going to say it. I, I can't wait. These guys have been eluding us. And we're gonna give it to them this year. I I can't wait. That that game can't come soon enough. We're gonna beat them this year. All right. Let's talk a little a little college football. And uh, what exactly is at stake? Because that's a big part of the conversation. We've been talking about it a lot. Financially, uh, just how is the motivation uh, that are going to these schools uh, about uh, it, uh, playing, in a sense. And really, at the heart of the issue, and and we'll start with this specifically, and then kind of broaden the conversation. At the heart of the issue is how uh, athletic budgets are, are going to survive whatever the college football uh, season may look like. Austin, we we heard the estimates right that eighty percent of athletic budgets come from are generated by football. I mean, we're talking vast. Yeah. Vast sums of of money here, and we'll do a little we'll do a little math game to kind of just illustrate how much might be at stake for somebody like the University of Utah. But uh, shout out to Josh Newman of the Salt Lake Tribune, who did a uh, a great uh, article today about uh, Utah's non conference contracts with Wyoming, BYU, and Montana State uh, because because of the financial situation going on in college football, this. Could get sticky for some universities because the schools that they're canceling contracts with probably want the money they're owed, right? Because they're just as desperate as, say, if not more so, as, say, the University of Utah. That's why they agree to get their
0: heads kicked in by the big boys,
1: (laughs) is for the money. Now, let's take this— True. Let's take this game by game uh, to uh, for Utah, and then we'll kind of expand the overall conversation because uh, the uh, uh, footballscoop.com had a great breakdown in athletic budgets, uh, and we'll get to that. But first, with BYU, this uh, appears to be the situation with their contract with Utah. Utah could cancel the contract with BYU, and they have it—Utah actually drafted the contracts with Utah and Montana State, but Wyoming actually drafted the contract with Utah and Wyoming, which is interesting. But— The way Utah has it worded in the contract is that if the game is unable to be played because a a governing body says it can't, then they can just get out of the contract scot-free. Now, that doesn't mean that BYU or Montana State in this instance couldn't fight that and make their own argument that it actually could be played, but it is convenient for Utah and gives them leverage that they say an overall governing body can say the game couldn't be played. In this instance, Austin, that would be the Pac-12 who is a governing body over Utah who says, we're not playing non-conference games. Therefore, Utah goes to Montana State and BYU and says, I don't know what you want me to do. Our governing body says it's not going to happen, so it's not going to happen, which would appear to give Utah legal leverage. And again, these other schools could fight back. But here with these two schools, here's what's happening. With BYU essentially, BYU has all the motivation in the world just to kick the can down the road. They want to maintain a relationship with Utah. It's in their best interest to play Utah really as much as possible. And we've seen them be flexible with Utah a la the Florida series, right? Yes. So Tom Homo has every motivation in the world to say to Mark Harlan, like, no worries. We're just going to figure out a different time to, to play the game. We'll, we'll knock it on to the end of the contract. Or maybe one of those years Utah's playing Florida, maybe they could sneak it in there. I would say that would be a long shot. But nonetheless, Mark Harlan, I'm sure, is saying, hey, just, just stick with us. We'll make it right. Same with Montana State. Their athletic director was contact- contacted by the Salt Lake Tribune, and he said, all I can say is we've talked about rescheduling the game. So it would appear that Montana State, since they probably don't have a ton of legal leverage, is going to say, we'll work with you in good faith, and we know that you'll you'll, uh, you'll make this right, which I would guess Utah, it's in their incentive to do as well. Wyoming, it's a little bit more complicated because it was a, a road game at Wyoming, and Wyoming wrote the contract, and the language uh, in the contract is a little bit different, giving Utah—I I could get into it, but it gives Utah a little bit less leverage— Um, But uh, there was a a lawyer from, I think it was Parsons Bailey quoted in the show or in the article. And I think he lays out why this may be pretty painless for Utah to figure this out with Wyoming, too. He says, uh, my experience Uh, with these types of provisions is that the relationship between the parties is much more important than what is or is not permissible under the language of the contract. If the University of Wyoming Athletics Department wants to maintain a good working relationship with the University of Utah Athletics Department, they may be more motivated to discuss rescheduling the game in the future than arguing about whether they are entitled to liquidated damages under the contract. Moreover, athletics departments must consider that they are likely to be on both sides of this argument. Most athletics departments will have to cancel or reschedule sporting events as the result of COVID-19. And I thought that last part was really interesting. They're going to be on both sides of this argument. Where, and that would be really interesting if you went to court on one where you're trying to salvage uh, the payout for a game, and you went to court uh, with another university where you're trying not to pay out. Right. You know, that would be a pretty Unique situation. Anyway, the attorney, I I think is correct. You got to figure out some good faith stuff here to make it right and just be flexible with it. Cut the lawyers out in a sense and say, hey, we're we'll we'll make this right by you. And in Wyoming, for example, that's that's totally right. They have every interest to keep a good relationship with the University of Utah Athletics, if not in football, in many, many other sports, because they're in the same region. It's convenient to play. You used to be in the same conference. Et cetera, et cetera.
0: Can, can you honestly see a, a reason, a, a reasonable excuse for playing hardball at this time, be it for whether it's Wyoming, BYU, Montana State, or Utah? Yes.
1: Really? Uh, so yes, and here's why. We we talked about this, I think we talked about it on the air, Austin. Maybe it was just you and I chatting off the air. But Portland State is suing Oregon State. Or I is suing is too strong a language. Their athletic department said we're, exploring that option because cash is a big deal right now. And I think that's what some people are, are underestimating in this whole circumstance and, and not to throw Gordon under the bus, but he's, he's not here. You know, Gordon has, uh, and he has a lot of cash. <laughs> Gordon in the past said, Oh, just, it's just money. Don't worry about it. But here's the thing. You assume that, Oh, it's just money. When, when we talk about this revenue, I think a lot of people picture the monopoly guy in some high-up office somewhere, bathing in cash, right? Uh, Just hoarding it somewhere in a giant mattress or something like that. The truth is, these universities spend every nickel that they generate, and sometimes more, and not spend every nickel over the next five years, but spend every nickel right now. Essentially living paycheck to paycheck, right? So... During this COVID situation where NCAA money isn't coming in and and football's at risk of not being played, some of these universities aren't going to have any cash to pay employees, to scholarships, equipment, facilities, etc., let alone servicing debt. On other facilities that you may have have built. Other universities that have were over their skis to begin with before this even happened. See UCLA and Cal in particular, if you want to, you know, some Pac-12 examples. So so now universities don't have any cash usually, and now no more cash is coming in. So if you're Portland State, and I'm just using them as an example, I don't know specifically, but if you're Portland State, you're saying we need the cash now because we've got a keep the lights on
0: i smell an advertising opportunity for jg wentworth there yeah.
1: all right or or dollar loan center
0: well isn't it uh yeah right yeah the jg wentworth the little uh song that says and i need cash now are you isn't isn't that the Call one jg wentworth 877 cash now i love it, it that
1: we're giving them a free advertisement eh, whatever but no. isn't that isn't that getting cash because you've got a settlement that's coming in you like, have an annuity yeah, in cash a, now yeah, yeah. Is it an annuity? Yeah, I think so. I thought it was a lawsuit thing. But no, not, that's that, it, not that it matters. Not that it matters at all. But anyway, but if, maybe if Portland but State needs cash now. They needs that. They need that cash money. Need that cash money. Uh, they might be more incentivized to to make a bigger stink. So just uh, there, there's an interesting article out there on FootballScoop.com. Uh, they do uh, uh, college football revenue breakdown, uh, Division One FBS and Division One FCS, and these are obviously averages and can change from school to school. But I thought it was an is- interesting layout where their athletic department, where the budgets come from. So let's let's do Division One FBS here for a moment, Austin. Twenty nine percent of their athletic budgets come from NCAA conference distributions, media agreements and post football. It's a big chunk. 21. 29. 29. 29%. That's the highest, by the way, for uh, for Division One. That's where mo- their most money comes from. 20% comes from donor contributions. 17% from ticket sales, which was lower than I thought. I thought that that would have been a, a bigger chunk. And that's, of course, ticket sales to football games, but throw in basketball games, baseball games, all athletic, all athletic events. But uh, I mean, let's be honest at, at Utah, which we'll kind of do the math or loosely do the math here in a minute at, uh, Utah. That's probably, what would you say? Austin, 80% probably still comes from football, maybe a little less 75% for the entire department. Right. Yes, Yes. I mean the red rocks, they, they kill it attendance wise, but how many events is that? I mean, it's just only a handful of events, right? They're
0: not making money on gymnastics.
1: Men's basketball certainly does, but not like they used to. Well, not last year. Um, so seventeen percent from ticket sales, ten percent from the government, nine percent corporate sponsorship advertising licensing, seven percent other revenue, which you and I were kind of brainstorming, there's probably parking concessions, etc. Six percent from student fees, and then two percent guarantees.
0: Now now, real quick, question about other revenue that is that jerseys? I would guess. Where so. they profiting off Although, the, the students' abilities and taking that money that he or she should be given? Um, Sorry, that opens a whole new. I can. don't
1: know. I don't know if apparel sales goes through the conference in the NCAA.
0: That might land in that twenty nine percent. It then? might. I'm okay. not sure though.
1: I'm, I'm not sure. So there's there's the makeup of your Division One FBS school: BYU, Utah, Utah State. So if if those schools do not play. We'll call it the entire 17%. Maybe that's not fair. Maybe it's more like 16 or 15, but just for, for fun, let's call it the entire 17% is out the window. Now, if you look at Utah's budget in 2018-2019, their total budget was $99.5 million, roughly $100 million. It's probably fairly north of that by now, but round numbers are fun. So let's as our polls. As our polls, round numbers are fun. So let's leave it at an even hundred million dollars. So let's say the all the ticket sales out the window, 17% right off the top, gone. That's $17 million. In, Shunk ju- gone. in just ticket sales, sayonara, have a nice day. If you if you refund all of the season tickets and stuff like that, we get into the cash problem we were talking about in the last segment, but we don't need to go there at the moment. donor contributions. I would guess no football. That's going to cut into it. Probably, let's call it 3%. So instead of 20, you're down to 17. So there's an extra $3 million right there. That brings us up to $20 million gone. You're looking at uh, 29% distribution from the NCAA and conferences, meaning media rights, that sort of thing. You know, if you do salvage a season, you're still not going to get 100% of your media rights deal because you're probably playing 10 games instead of 12 so there's probably six million another six million dollars gone, if you think three million dollars per game, which in my opinion is probably a conservative af- estimate. That brings us up to right around twenty-six million dollars. And that net then you throw on top of the NCAA tournament revenue, which you'll eventually lose. You're talking probably another two. So now we're inching close to meaning the March menace that we've already missed. That we've already missed. Yeah. So now we're we're inching closer to thirty million dollars. Uh, you look at uh, institutional governmental support or government support 10% that's staying uh corporate sponsorship advertising and licensing you're probably losing a couple percent there yeah
0: because there's a lot of game day advertising that isn't going to happen
1: now right other revenue 7% you're probably losing most of that right if not six and it, you you do the math where we Austin and I figured it you're you're down right around 40 million bucks
0: and that I feel is a conservative estimate. And by that's the
1: way. playing the game, but having no fans. Right.
0: That that's playing a a, a, a ten game season though, Jake. Right. Not not a full twelve because we already know Utah won't. So that's playing a a, a conference season
1: only. Right. So and, and by the way, there's some accountant out there who's who's like slamming their fist into the radio right now, being like, These guys are morons. Well we're just trying well, they're to get right, a, we are. they are. Uh, but we're just trying to get an overall picture of what's at stake. I mean we rounded it to a hundred for a reason. And at that point, we're we're right around forty percent of the athletic budget Whew. is just not getting off the ground. Ugh. Now, now, you know what's interesting, and and I'd be curious to hear your opinion on uh, on this, Austin. If you're a D1 FCS team, so we're talking Big Sky, we're talking Southern Utah, Weber State, or whatever. Here's their budget breakdown. Okay, they're only getting six percent from the NCAA or conference, as opposed to the twenty nine. As opposed to twenty nine, they're only getting six percent of their whole athletic budget from that. They're getting eight percent from donor contributions. Tw- now that's twenty percent. Obviously, uh, at a at an FBS school, five percent is coming from ticket sales, which I was way lower than I thought.
0: Yeah, it, it, you thought seventeen percent was low on the Division One level, and now on the excuse me, yeah, Division
1: One yeah, FBS, right. uh-huh.
0: and and you're and so five percent on the Division One FCS is astronomically lower than you would have thought. So
1: the Big Sky could do no fans, and probably anyone outside of Montana is like, well, so. They'll lose some money. Yeah, right. But it won't sink them. Now, on average, your FCS athletic budget, 44% comes from the government. Wow. And you would think that that isn't going anywhere, I would guess. Huh. Unless the, the state, I guess the state could <laughs> tighten the belt when it comes to that. But 44% coming from the state, 3% from corporate uh, corporate sponsorship, advertising, and licensing 4% other revenue, 25% student fees and 5% guarantees. So you would think student fees would also be a fairly regular cuz you just charge the students at the beginning of the semester and then when they complain about uh not going to any football games you say, "Well, you weren't going anyway."
0: Uh, student fees being anything from tuition to cafeteria food, right?
1: No, student fees they it's your tuition say your tuition is 100 bucks They'll tack on an additional student fee, and they'll t- call it an activity fee. I see. And it's what makes your tickets cheaper at football games and basketball uh, games free and It's like bumping the percentage free. rate at the— it's, Yeah, okay. It's—what it is, is it, it's a scam to sell people <laughs> tickets that don't want it. I see. Gotcha. I mean, what percentage—okay, so what percentage of the student body do you think are going to Utah basketball games? None. None percentage right now. Maybe a thousand. Yeah, none. So with twenty five thousand, you're talking like a thousand Utah fan or a thousand Utah students actually utilize the tickets, but all twenty five thousand students are paying for them. I see. That's what a student fee is.
0: So they make their money whether you use the service you're paying for or not. Right. Again, it's It's kind of a scam. It's like how in Germany you have to buy a bus pass, even though you may never use the bus.
1: How about, how about this? Uh, here, this is a Gordon Monson example. If you're a member of a country club and they say you got to spend 500 bucks a month on food, you know. You it, better go you, eat the food. It doesn't matter if you eat the food or not. Yeah. You're spending $500 a month on food. I didn't know Gordon belonged to a country club. I actually have no idea oh, if Gordon okay. belongs to a country club or not. So with a student fee, that's going to be there. The so that's not going anywhere. That's and not going anywhere. And state funding, you wouldn't feel like it's going anywhere either. So that's. Uh, don't do math on the air. 44% uh, plus 25% Gordon, or 69%. Uh, Austin. That's 69% of your budget, which is- But you could raise the student fees percentage. Maybe. Well, uh, certainly FBS schools could do that too if they wanted to. That would be a pretty um, jerk move. If you're going, OK, we can't have fans in the stands and we're going to make up the revenue by jacking our students more. I mean, trust me, I wouldn't put it past these universities doing that, I suppose. But I mean, that would be pretty <laughs> that would be pretty rough.
0: Yeah, but not surprising. And this is where you and I differ. I see college and university as a big business money making racket and you see it as an educational foot up in life tool. Uh, maybe I'm so you, you've naive, been, you've but- been duped. Probably and I'm going no, I could see them totally going from six percent student fees in non-pandemic years 40 percent from student fees in pandemic
1: years. And here's why you might be right and I'd actually be curious to the listener tweet, tweet me if this is the case for for any of our local universities here but I read an article uh, the other day that universities on average are still raising tuition for the fall even though no way <laughs> even though their campuses are not going to be a hundred percent open. I've never heard of such a thing. Which just seemed crazy to me because enrollment can't be terrific, right? I mean parents out there have to be thinking, well, well let's just wait a semester. So it's not like it's not don't care, though, like good. enrollment can't be good. You'd think you'd lower tuition to encourage enrollment, right? But no I'll get another so, student loan. So the few of you suckers that are actually coming back to campus, we're gonna jack you. Yep, exactly. Because we're holding your degree and at ransom.
0: They've never done that sort of moral uh, behavior before, Jake.
1: If If we get wind that they they raise student fees to make up for revenue for football games that aren't going to be played, that would be outrageous. Book it. It's happening. <laughs> that would be outrageous. But if you look at the total budgets, it's interesting because FCS teams might actually be more equipped to weather this storm, believe it or not. Uh, because their revenue sources are, are a little bit safer, but their margins are a lot slimmer, too. Right.
0: Uncle Sam cuts them a bigger check every year, but they have less room for error and movement than the FCS or right. FBS. Rather. Right.
1: Now, here's why it's not a surprise that these smaller conferences are just canceling the season, a la the Ivy League. And I know everybody loves to give the I- Ivy League credit for being morally superior to everybody else. But listen to this. It's going to, the, uh, the Ivy League basically gets nothing from television. I mean, look at that budget we just read you right there. I mean, they're getting 6% of their money from the NCAA or conference distributions, and probably a tiny fraction of that is actually from television, if any at all.
0: Ivy League's not
1: FBS? Uh, in football, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Because they don't have sponsors or they don't have scholarships. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. So I don't know. Basketball, yes. Basketball, football, yes. no. But, but Big Sky is D1 basketball. Oh, so, that's true. Yeah. So FCS schools um, don't get any money from TV. So it would cost them a great deal to actually put on the event where they would have no revenue stream whatsoever coming in. So it would cost them more to play. If you're looking at FBS, they're making money from playing. So everybody wants to say, oh, the Ivy League is doing the right thing. Well, they're, they're doing the financially right thing. Yeah, true. You mean they're not doing
0: it for the safety of the children in America, Jake?
1: And they're probably going to get that government compensation, not the Ivy League per se, but say the Big Sky, who has not canceled games, by the way. But they're going to get that whether they play or not. So yeah. why would they play?
0: And being the Ivy League, they will always raise tuition. It's always going to be to the moon and back. Correct. And they will always have people willing to pay it. Right. So they do. back to our conversation about, well, if they're not going to lose any tuition money either, they're going to make
1: more. But if you're the swack. Isn't that one of the conferences that canceled the season? Sweaty the Back Conference, the Southern that that huh? Athletic Conference, the SWAC. I think that's one <laughs> of them that, can, that canceled it. Well, of course they canceled it yes, because it's going to cost them a fortune to even play. And at that point, they'd be and and brace yourself for this. But playing for the opportunity of student athletes to compete wouldn't where want that. I, wouldn't want that. Where have I heard that? <laughs> wouldn't want that to happen. So let's just cancel it. <laughs> But it it does make me chuckle when people are like, see, these conferences are doing the right thing. And it's like, yeah, but not the right thing you're talking about. And then to tie it back
0: into our first uh, part of this where where we talked about Josh Newman's piece in the Tribune, all this money that the University of Utah, for example, is losing at we've estimated 40 million, 40 percent of their budget. Right. They still don't have to pay out canceling the game against BYU because they're going to have that mutual relationship and figure that out. The Montana State, it sounds like they've told Montana State, as Scotty G would say, be cool and we'll be cool to you. Just chill. And with Wyoming, Wyoming could call them on the carpet and say, you pay us right now. But then as that lawyer said, then Wyoming would never hear from Utah ever again.
1: And with Wyoming having it be a home game in Laramie, it's a little more complex to that because Wyoming actually owes Utah money. Wyoming was going to pay two hundred and fifty k for Utah to come to Laramie, and then Utah, by the way, had a similar arrangement to have Wyoming come back to you to Salt Lake City, and what was that two thousand and twenty five
0: yeah, so the good news for the University of Utah is they're not going to add on any expenses by canceling those three games
1: exactly that and then that is one hundred percent the point, so canceling the non conference actually should not cost Utah any money other than The money they would have gotten for TV broadcast of the home game for BYU and the home game for Montana State, which is going to be negated somewhat because it's part of the overall Pac-12 TV deal.
0: And whatever money the gate concessions and all that would have brought in on game day. Right. Which is a small percentage.
1: so. Interesting how the math works out. And, and big ups to, to Josh Newman. He did, uh, he did a lot of legwork on that piece up in the Salt Lake Tribune. So I would encourage folks to get on there and read it, sltrib.com. Uh, we will get to more uh, coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. Action-packed big show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.